Serving up a healthy dose of news, traffic, and engaging opinion. This is Good Morning Hamilton with Rick Zamperin on 900 CHML. Last night, um, almost a thousand people were in the Hamilton Convention Center for a public consultation, public meeting about what to do with the encampment issue in the city. I want to bring in Ward 4 Councillor Tammy Wang, who was there and uh, was listening to what happened. Councillor, thank you for this today. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. So uh, let me ask you a two-part question to start with. I don't usually like two-part questions, but it seems to fit here. What were you expecting out of that meeting, and did you hear what you hoped or wanted to expect to hear out of that meeting? So the first part of it is that we wanted to hear public consultation from the public about whether we that they thought that this encampment protocol and sanctioned sites made sense in terms of what were the terms and conditions, what were some of the different ways that we would enforce, what were some of the different ways we would encourage, um, or how would it fit within the community. In terms of what I heard, I heard that it was a really respectful conversation. There was a lot of great questions. There was everything from how do we ensure safety for women, how do we ensure safety for the community, um, what were some of the different ways that we would be ensuring everyone's safety, not only for persons living uh, homeless, but also what's going to happen for people that are in those surrounding areas. Did you feel that it moved us closer to a solution or, or to a, a resolution, perhaps? Absolutely. It was one of those where there was a couple of different things that when council heard it, we were just like, hmm, I'm not sure if that's what the community is going to want. We really wanted to push back and say, let's go out for public consultation because there were different aspects of the protocol where we felt like it was very restricting and there wasn't a real place because when you looked at what the protocol looked at, there wasn't any clear indication as to where people possibly could encamp or what would people think about if we did have sanctioned sites. So it just felt like there wasn't enough consultation in order to build a very robust both protocol and sanctioned sites uh, initiative. One of the things that struck me, and this is not a... um this is not new. I mean, I think we've been talking about this for a while now is, is a question about when you hear a lot of the conversations and you hear a lot of the questions and the comments, the city is looking at this as a housing issue. And clearly that is certainly a part of it because we're talking about people that don't have houses, but how much of this really, as we look more and more into it, how much of this is a housing issue and how much of this is a mental health and addictions issue? Because that was one of the things that was a, 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 an ongoing thing, uh, you know, yesterday. It, are we looking at this, is going housing first the right way to approach this, or are we going about it backwards? It's absolutely housing first, because at the end of the day, even if you have opioid addiction or mental health, the fact is you are healthier if you are housed. So when you are in a housing situation where you actually have a roof over your head, you feel warm, you have those uh, basic needs taken care of, that's where you can really focus on getting better in terms of mental health and opioid addiction. It is absolutely a housing first initiative. We have to look at it from housing as a right. And at the end of the day too, tents are not housing. So that's what it is, point point stop everything. So it is 
all about housing first because that's how we can get people healthy and that's how we can get people into a space that is where they can be a contributing member of society and we can get them to where everyone is taken care of. There were um, one of the comments that got a lot of applause yesterday. There were a number of them, but one of them was, and it's a, it's a very commonly raised issue was like, we've got some vacant schools. Mm-hmm. Let's get people in there. Now that's, it's complicated because you don't control the schools. That's the school board. And I, I, you know, I know it comes up again and again, and it has to be repeated again and again. That's not city property, even though it may look like it's public property. Right. But yeah. what, what do you do? Because the school board has to this point said, no, is there any thing the city can do? I mean, somebody even, not yesterday, but somebody has said before, well, what about expropriating? If, could you do that? Is that even in the in the city's toolbox that you could expropriate a school and say, we're going to use it because it's an emergency? Well, I think that all of those solutions are valid and all of those different ways, potentially if there's a will, there's a way. I know that our school board has been very cooperative and they have also issued a release. I, I didn't read the release, but they have said that, yes, school boards are school property. It's actually mandated by the province. Um, they have been very collaborative when it comes to trying to find solutions um, in terms of even the city expropriating. The fact is that's also not going to happen overnight. So if we did find a suitable property that we could expropriate, the sale process will take a little bit to retrofit the school would take a little bit to ensure that we have all of the services in place will take a little bit. So that's also not an overnight solution. And that is, you know, what you just mentioned, not an overnight solution that really, uh, I think probably is the biggest problem, right? Because you're having all these people saying we need to have this done. It came up in the meeting again yesterday. We don't have, even if we're building housing, it's not available overnight. So there's, there's gotta be an interim solution for what you do in the meantime. Absolutely. And this is kind of where our housing staff is looking at it from what can, what do we have? They have taken all uh, this time to be deliberate in terms of looking at all of our assets, including um, empty buildings. Maybe there were, there's some place somewhere, but also remember there has to be very specific criteria. It should be close to services and it should be close to bus lines, ensuring that people can get around while they're at those locations. So so there, it's not as if we're just finding any empty old building and we're going to make it into something. We want to ensure that if we are creating a solution, that we are creating it right and that we are not putting more harm and more trauma mm-hmm. to these people. And another thing you just bring up here, which is really, uh, it was another question from last night, but it's a really interesting one, is there was a question about, is this going to be spread? If, if we're having encampments, will they be spread all over the city? Mm-hmm. You just mentioned one of the challenges of that is that you don't have services all over the city. They are more in one area of town and the, and the bus line, mm-hmm. there are some people downtown who say, we've got enough downtown, move it elsewhere, but it doesn't necessarily really work to just sprinkle encampments everywhere. It, it becomes a real challenge to figure out how do we do this without creating almost a, an encampment ville, um, mm-hmm. but we still keep it close to where the stuff needs to be. It's tricky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you nailed it. That's where we have a lot of challenges is that sometimes we don't have bus service to different parts of our city. Sometimes we don't have access to some of the mental health services. We're also not at a place yet. Um, I know that we are actively working on it, but how do we deliver things in a mobile sense? Like how do we actually potentially get services 
out to a specific location, but then there are also challenges there. We got to ensure that there's adequate sidewalks, parking, able to, let's say it's called the dental bus, for example. Where do we park the dental bus? We need to make sure that we have some of that infrastructure available so servicing can actually get in there. I, I, we got to run, but are you, we all want, everybody wants a solution to this and some of the solutions are very complex, but even as you're talking with these things, do we almost have to pick the simplest solution that might even have some warts at the beginning, but just to get something going? Uh, it's on the table. That's not, that hasn't been struck out at all. That Everything is, is on the table these days. That is Ward 4 Councillor Tammy Wang. I really appreciate taking time today. Thank you for doing this. Thank you very much, Scott. Wake up with the information you need to get the most out of your day. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton with Rick Zamperin on 900 CHML. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.